Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. In Matthew chapter 4, um, I love this passage of Scripture, and this really is the launch of what we are about as followers of Jesus Christ. This is the heart of who we are. So we've been talking for several weeks about our spiritual DNA, and what does it mean to be a part of the kingdom of God? What does it mean to be in relationship with Jesus Christ? What does it mean for us to have Jesus as our Lord and Savior? Those are important things for us, but sometimes we don't dive into uh, what it means for us in living our everyday life, because God did not intend for us to live our faith on Sunday morning from 10 until about 11.15 and then go about doing the best we can the rest of the week. What we do here on Sunday morning should supercharge our faith so that the kingdom lives out in us the rest of the, the, rest of the week, the other uh, number of hours that we are not gathered here. And in, Mark, I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is launching this ministry. So here Jesus has lived on this earth for a little over three decades. He has not walked into the assignment that God has given to him just yet. John the Baptist has gone before Jesus. He has what the scripture has said has prepared the way. Jesus comes and is baptized by John the Baptist. Right after Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist, we can read in the scripture that Jesus went into the wilderness and there he spent the time in, in, uh, into temptation and really doing some gut-wrenching and overcoming the enemy with the word of God. And then right after that, the heading in my Bible, and I love this heading, it says, Jesus begins to preach. Isn't that awesome? This is what Jesus came to do. He came to preach and break the chains of the enemy. And in this heading in John chapter 4, I've got to get some new glasses. It's dark over there. I'm going to move over here. This way, now I can see it. Um, in John, and I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter 4, in verse 12, this is what it says. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, I'm, I'm in, am I in the right place? No, I'm wrong. I want to set verse 17. I've started ahead. Here we go. Okay. Verse 17 of of Matthew chapter 4. From that time on, Jesus began to preach. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then in the next section here, what we get is Jesus actually calling his disciples. So Jesus had not begun to preach yet. The kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus had, we see at Jesus about 12, he was, um, he was really surprising all of the religious leaders. 
We don't get a lot between then and now when Jesus is just getting ready to launch his public ministry. But here Matthew tells us that Jesus begins to preach from that time on, from this moment in in Matthew chapter 4 until they crucified Jesus and then he arose and then he ascended into heaven. This was what Jesus was all about. I like the way that it's recorded actually in the book of Mark chapter 1 verse 15. This is what Mark, this is how Mark records it. The time has come, he, Jesus, actually said these words. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Here Jesus is saying, the old way of things is gone. And the kingdom of heaven has come near. And we have to, as followers of Jesus Christ, link those two things together. Because Jesus said, I'm going to start preaching. I want you to repent. I want you to walk in personal relationship with Jesus. But it's amazing that he also linked those words, the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven has come near. This was the central message of everything that Jesus lived out from this moment until he ascended into heaven. And then the amazing thing that happens, if we were to go through the book of Matthew and take a look at all of the headings of these individual sections in the book of Matthew, Jesus um, was baptized, he was tempted, he said the kingdom of heaven has come near. From that day forward, Matthew said, he began to preach, he called his first disciples, and then listen what Jesus did. Is, did is just I read you some of these headings. He healed the sick. He gave us the Beatitudes. He began teaching. He told us about salt and light. He told us that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. He told us about murder, about adultery, about divorce, about swearing, taking an eye for an eye, about loving our enemies, about giving to the needy. He taught us how to pray. He taught us how to fast. He told us that we should store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. He said, don't worry. He said, don't judge other people. He said, you ask, seek, and knock. He told us about the golden rule. He told us about there was a tree with fruit. He told us about the wise and the foolish builders. He went on and on and on about all of this teaching. All of this teaching is vital for us and it is a part of our spiritual DNA because here in Matthew chapter 4 and in Mark chapter 1, Jesus is announcing the arrival of the kingdom. And let me tell you, Whitechapel Church, if you walk in relationship with Jesus Christ, you are a kingdom person. That's your spiritual DNA. That is who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus announced the arrival of the kingdom. And I believe that as Jesus announced these words, all of hell began to tremble. Because this was what was taken away in the Garden of Eden. Jesus said, I have come to fix that which the enemy sought to destroy. This is what God came to do in our lives, and this was not something that was to stay in Matthew chapter 4 and Mark chapter 1. It continues today on this first Sunday in 2021. The kingdom of God is advancing in this earth. God is accomplishing His purpose, and our job in rela- or our responsibility in relationship with Jesus Christ is to walk daily in the kingdom. The kingdom is not on Sunday morning only. The kingdom is every single second of every single day in your life. And so what God, I believe, is calling us deeper into is to explore what it looks like as a kingdom person 
living every single moment of every single day. And, and this is how you begin, as we sang this morning, to weather those storms of life, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, the mountaintops, and the valleys. The only way that you can be sustained in hope in this life is living as a kingdom man and a kingdom woman. This, this is what God is calling us to. To go back some 2,000 or, 2000 or so years ago to when Jesus announced the kingdom has arrived. The kingdom is near. The kingdom is now. Whitechapel, come walk in the kingdom. Come live in the kingdom. Come operate in the kingdom. What's interesting to me is that the kingdom of God is not actually mentioned in the Old Testament. You can hear about a kingdom, we hear about a king, but we never get those words, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It's not in the Old Testament. But here in the book of Matthew, it's listed 29 times. 29 times! It sounds a little important, doesn't it? Jesus is telling us about the work that he came to do, that he invited us to join him in. And if we take a look at some of the other teachings of Jesus or some of the other scriptures that tell us about Jesus, in Mark 1.14, if we go back a verse, uh, what we looked at just a bit ago, now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Over in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, if we read a little bit forward from where we were at and looking in Matthew chapter 4, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, all of them, and this is what it says he did, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. In Luke chapter 4, verse 42, Luke, says the, uh, Luke, Luke records the words of Jesus where he says, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. Jesus is saying, this is, this is my calling. This is why God wanted to take on flesh and to step out of the glory and the splendor of heaven and step into this mortal realm. Jesus is saying, it's this purpose for which I have been sent. Well, what is, what is that purpose? It's to take back what hell had stolen. This is kingdom living. This is what we are to be about. I, I was telling Pastor Jordan this week, I've been singing uh, the past several days. Uh, as, as people have been talking and, and, I, and I've been thinking about the kingdom, I've been singing that song from, I think it's the early, the early 90s, so long ago, right? It's 30 years ago. It's, who can believe it's that long ago? Um, but I've been singing the song that, that some churches sang back then. It says, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back... I actually went over to the enemy's camp and I took back what was stolen from me. This is what Jesus came to do. This is what we are called to do. To go back and re reclaim the things of the kingdom. What did the, what did the enemy take away? He took away everything. He locked our access by allowing sin to enter into our lives. And then when sin came into our lives, there was a consequence of sin, which was death. And what was it that Jesus came to do? 
He came to break the chains of sin and to overcome and defeat the consequences of death so that sin can no longer bind us and keep us from accessing the kingdom and the consequences of sin has no claim on us. So the enemy lost in sin, the enemy lost in the consequences of sin, which was death, and thereby Jesus paved the way that we would be able to have full access to all of the rights and all of the privileges and everything we need as children of the kingdom. Jesus said, this is why I came. Jesus says, this was my purpose. This is the reason, the reason that I am here. And I want to walk a fine line here when I say this. And I want you to stick with me until I get through the full explanation of this. When Jesus came, the religious people were not happy because they wanted Jesus to set up an earthly kingdom. Do you remember when they paraded Jesus on, on the Passover day? And they were all excited because here was this guy that they were recognizing was their king. What they expected to happen next was that Jesus was going to go back and take the throne of David. And in that moment, he was going to reign and rule for all, for, forever. That's what they wanted. They wanted Jesus to begin an earthly reign in that moment. That's what they were looking for. And then eventually... That is why they, the religious people became so upset with him. Because Jesus was talking about the kingdom, but yet he wasn't acting like a king here on the earth. And here's why. Because Jesus knew that it wasn't about a physical kingdom here on the earth. It was a spiritual kingdom that he was coming to establish. And that's what he said. He said, the kingdom of God is near well, we're some 2,000 years away from that moment that he said the kingdom of God is near. He was preaching and talking about a spiritual kingdom. We are not going to begin looking for an actual gate that we can step into and then we're a part of the kingdom. What was it that the enemy took? He took away the access to the presence that we needed to the king to be a part of the kingdom. For Adam and Eve, that was physical in that moment. But from that moment, when the physical presence of God was left, everything that God was about was being with the people spiritually. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is near. The spiritual kingdom of God is ready to launch. Jesus said, this is why I came. This is why I came, and they killed him for it because the kingdom did not look like the kingdom that they had set up in their minds. Jesus is reigning in the kingdom now. Why, 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 do, we have, why, do, we, why do we struggle with that as a part of the church? Why do we think, oh, I'm just waiting for a future kingdom? No, 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 no. The access that you have in the kingdom is now. Because Jesus on the cross finished it for the enemy. He said, it is finished. It's over with. And the enemy's kingdom was crushed. And when you live as kingdom people, you don't have to live defeated lives because you're in the kingdom. Yeah. 
The Jews were seeking an earthly kingdom. The Greeks on the other side, the Romans, they were looking for power. They were looking for might. The Greeks were looking for all this wisdom and all of this knowledge. And Jesus made them all mad because it wasn't any of those things. It was a spiritual kingdom. And listen, we can't sit here today and think that I'm just waiting for my moment. I'm just waiting to have access to the kingdom. No, that's where the enemy wants you to live. The enemy wants you to, to, to live in that defeatedness. But Jesus, in your spiritual DNA, is calling you to live in the kingdom today and not wait for that which is to come. In, in, um, in John chapter 12, verse 32 and 33, this is what Jesus said. But when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death that he was going to die. Jesus is giving us a little bit more insight into that which is to come. Some people think that it's when we lift him up in worship. That is a part of it, absolutely. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. But yet what Jesus is actually talking about here, and John records it in the last part of this verse, is the manner in which Jesus was going to die. Those that were walking with Jesus when he said these words some 2,000 or so years ago, they understood. Because death on a cross was common in that time. And so what Jesus is talking about here is when he is lifted up on the cross. And what he is saying is then he's going to draw everybody into the kingdom. Because what Jesus knew is when he was lifted up on the cross and God's own son's blood began to flow, that the kingdom of the enemy was destroyed and so what Jesus is saying is, when I am lifted up, I am going to defeat the works of the enemy, and then you as kingdom children have access to the full benefits as a son and a daughter of the king. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that for just a moment. I want you to just let your mind wander in that for just, for just a, few, a, few, a few moments here. You have access to all of the benefits and privileges of a king, King Jesus. So think about your past week. How did you live this last week? Were there moments that you were allowing the enemy to just chase at your every step? Were there moments that you were living in the defeatedness of this world? Were there moments that it just seemed like you couldn't get out of this fleshly funk that we get in sometimes where we are immobilized and you just can't move? Did you watch as the enemy kept destroying and destroying and destroying certain areas of your life? Did you sit idly by as the enemy just slowly chipped away and put whatever it is, whatever it is that he may have been attacking you on? 
This morning, I believe that God has you here because he wants you to catch a glimpse of the overcomer that you are in Jesus Christ. And I believe that God has you sitting in one of these chairs here this morning or watching online with us because God wants you to step out of that defeatedness and live life in the kingdom. Now, I don't want to, be, I don't want to give you a false impression here that living in the kingdom does not mean that the enemy isn't chasing at our heels. It does not mean that we are constantly um, living lives happy and walking around like angels floating around the face of the earth because that's not kingdom living and you don't find that in the scripture. It's not here. And if anybody tells you that when you come to Jesus Christ, life is all happy and there is no doom and gloom, they're lying to you and they're not telling you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ said they're going to persecute you. When Jesus started talking about the kingdom, they killed him. Kingdom life, living kingdom life, the enemy is working harder to destroy the access to the kingdom that you didn't have when you were living defeated lives. And so there are times that living in the kingdom is hard. But in those hard times, as we sang this morning, you never lose your hope. Because Christ is the cornerstone of your faith. Jesus died on the cross so that the kingdom could be birthed. Jesus died on the cross to pave way for us to have full access to his kingdom. And the result of his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension is the church. And when you enter into relationship with Jesus, you become a part of the church. And the church is the kingdom living out right here on the face of this earth, kingdom living every single day. I like what C.S. Lewis said, a quote from him. C.S. Lewis said, the kingdom of God is spiritual. It affords spiritual benefits. It creates and occupies a spiritual territory. It reflects a spiritual glory. It creates a spiritual citizenry. Because this is who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. It is the hope not only of the early church, but is the hope of the church today that we live in the kingdom established by the King. But we allow the enemy, we allow the enemy to let us become flip-floppers. And this is how we live our life. One minute, we're living in the bold powerfulness of the kingdom. And the next minute, before you know it, we've allowed the enemy to drag us back over into living defeated lives, almost to the point to where we lose our hope. And then the next minute, somebody comes around us and they cheer us up and they say, no, 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 stop. And then we live in the kingdom. We're like, oh, yes, this is, this is exactly where God wants me to be. I am an overcomer in Jesus Christ. And then something comes at us, some storm or some trial. And the next thing you know, we're back over here and we're flip-flopping back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And this is what Jesus was trying to tell his disciples when he was with them for some three years or so on the face of the earth. He was preparing them to launch this kingdom. 
to keep them from flipping back and forth and arguing over who was going to be the greatest and trying to draw lines around Jesus to protect him. And they did not catch fully the glimpse of the kingdom. And my prayer for you today is that you would fully catch a glimpse of the kingdom and what it is like to be a part of the kingdom as a follower of Jesus Christ in relationship with the king today. Jesus said, this, this is what I must preach. Jesus said, this is the calling that God has placed on my life. Jesus said, this moment, from this moment, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus invited us because he loves us. In John 12, verse 25 and 26, these are Jesus' words. And he's telling us about life in the kingdom. He said, the man who loves his life will lose it. While the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. Access to the kingdom is what Jesus is telling his disciples about. He's saying, this is what you have the benefit of receiving. This is the invitation that you have been given. This is the gift that he gave us with his death on the cross, his burial, and his resurrection, and his ascension. Access to the kingdom. So what I want to say to you today is that you have to start living life with a, hear me, with a kingdom mentality with a kingdom mentality. And this is what that means. You can't sit with your financial advisor and live life with a mindset of a financial advisor. You can't sit with a life coach or a life planner and live life with the access or with a mindset of a life coach or a life planner. I'll go a little bit further. You can't go to your job tomorrow and live life with the mindset of whatever your job title actually is. Now, we may have some good things from, from financial advisors, and we may have some good things from financial coaches or life coaches. They may give us some great insight, and the Lord may use them to work in our lives. But we don't take the principles of the world and live them in the kingdom. We take the principles of the kingdom and live them on the earth. It's a backwards life. But what we've done in the church is we've allowed the world to make it about religion. And we say, I mean, I'm religious. That's not kingdom living. You can be religious and miss the kingdom. It was the religious who wanted Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom. It was the religious who wanted Jesus to come with all of his wisdom and all of his insight that eventually crucified Jesus. But we think, oh, I'm a, I'm a little spiritual, or I'm doing well in all of this. I can set aside my kingdom living. It is the religion that tells us that we need to debate, the, that we need to debate doctrine, but... We never, in those moments of religion, experience the full power 
of resurrection. Religion is more interested than history than it is the anointing that comes in the kingdom. Religion looks for conformity, not transformation. Religion chases rules, but it misses the relationship with the king in the kingdom. Religion wants glory, but it always misses his presence. It's living in the kingdom that draws us deeper into the presence of the king. And that, that is the secret, the secret of living in a spiritual kingdom. It's always his presence. Now hear me. You don't experience his presence only right here on Sunday morning. In this space, we set up an environment so that you are free to worship God and so that you can experience His presence. But when you walk through those doors in the back, there is not a bucket back there where you drop off His presence and you leave it here in this place. There's, there's no ushers back there that says, can I have your ticket of presence because you just live for an hour and a half the kingdom of God? There's nobody back there like coat checkers at fancy restaurants where you leave the presence and then you come back in the next time and you pick up the presence. Hear me. Living in the kingdom as kingdom sons and daughters with a kingdom mentality is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week thing because you can live life every single second of every single day with access to the presence of the king who is king over the kingdom that he has granted us access to. It's not only here, it's everywhere. And the way that we share his love is simply living life in the kingdom. So... I want to share with you something that, interestingly enough, Pastor Gary first shared with me a number of years ago. Pastor Gary and our state pastor, Ken Love, shared these triangles with me, and it has, and it has changed my kingdom mentality. This is simply what we would say is your life. Pastor Gary's probably showed you these triangles before. But in these triangles, you've got three corners to it. There's me, or you could put yourself over there on the left side. There's God over here on the right. And then there's the word assignment at the top. You can take out the word assignment, and you could put anything up there. You could put the relationship that you have with your spouse, the relationship that you have with your children. You could put your job. You could put your home life. You could put your finances. Whatever word you want to put up there at the top of this triangle where it says assignment, you can put that up there. The way that we live in the kingdom is to always stay down here in the bottom of this triangle. Don't get too worried about what's going on up there in the assignment. In your finances, in the relationship with your spouse, in the relationship with your kids. Don't get too excited and run up there to the top. 
The way that we live in the kingdom is to sit with the king. Did you catch what I said? The way that you live in the kingdom is to sit with the king. And if you want to have access to the full rights and privileges as a son or daughter of the king, you have to sit with the king. He did not call you to step out of the relationship with him and to run up to the top of this triangle. Because when you run up to the assignment, finances, relationship with your, whatever, whatever it is, whatever word you put up there at the top, when you run up to the top of this triangle, what you've done is you've left God down here on this side of the triangle, and you have bypassed the kingdom. And what God is saying to us, in the tension of life, is why don't you come back down here, and why don't you sit with the king? Why don't you let the kingdom impact your relationships and your struggles here on the earth? This is only available to those who walk in relationship with Jesus Christ as children of the King. People that don't live in relationship with Jesus, they don't have access to this kingdom. They're still living over in the enemy's camp with the things that the enemy has stolen. And our job is to sit with the King here at the bottom of the triangle and say, God, what is it that you want to say to me about my finances? God, what is it that you want to say to me about my spouse? God, I'm sitting with you first. What is it that you want to say to me about my job? God, I'm sitting with you first as a child of the kingdom. What is it that you want to say to me about my children? You see, this is kingdom mentality. This is kingdom living. You sit first with the king and then you go into the assignment. So what happens is we're here, we go to God first, and then the king goes with us to the assignment. We don't have to go by ourselves because we are kingdom children. We go first to God and then God goes with us. This is how we are able to sing Christ alone. This is how we were able to say it's in him my hope is found. Your hope is not found in the answers of this world. Your hope can only be found when you sit first with the king and then you go into the world. So this is my challenge to you today. Is when you leave here this morning that you find some time and you sit with the king. Some of you have been struggling with things in this life that you can't overcome. I challenge you to sit with the king first and let the king tell you the steps that you need to next take. And I bet what you might, want, what you might discover is the 12 steps become one step. That's sitting with the king. And the king then tells you the next step. And then the king tells you the next step. And the king tells you the next step. But you don't get that unless you sit with the king. Hear me this morning. You are a child of the most high God. 
You are the creation of the one who spoke creation into existence. The psalmist tells us that he knit you together in your mother's womb. What I get from that is that he knows the inside and the outside of you. He knows what makes you tick. And you have to stop letting the world tell you what's going to make you tick. And you need to go sit with the king. So I think that this morning, the Spirit may have been speaking to some of you about some things that you maybe need to surrender completely to the king this morning. I think that there may be some things in some of our lives that we have stepped out of the kingdom and we've tried to fix them so that when we come back into the kingdom, we can say, hey God, look what I did. But what God is saying is, why didn't you sit with me? Why didn't you sit with me? As I've looked at this triangle over the past seven or so years of my life, I thought this is what Adam and Eve messed up in the Garden of Eden. And I think that when God was walking about the garden and he was saying, where are you? Where are you, Adam and Eve? I want you to come and I want you to come sit with a king because he was craving time with his creation. And this triangle has always been a call to me that the king wants to sit with me and then go before me into the assignment. And I hope that this triangle for you is something that you take with you today as a reminder of the access that you have in your spiritual DNA as a child of the king, with the king calling and beckoning to you, come sit with me. Come spend time with me because he is craving that time with you because he cares for you. And to prove it, he came and wrapped himself in the flesh and died on the cross to defeat sin and then arose to defeat defeat the consequences of sin, giving us access to the kingdom. So my call to you this morning is the words of Jesus in Mark 1.15. The time has come. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Will you come into the kingdom? Will you step into the kingdom as a child of the king? In just a minute, our worship team will come and we're going to close our service this morning with a song. And I want to give you the opportunity to declare these words. The time has come. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And as we sing, give you the opportunity to step out from where you're at and maybe come and kneel at one of these altars and surrender something that you have been carrying with you, not living fully in the kingdom. And you come to the king this morning and say, God, I'm going to give it to you. Or maybe, maybe you step out from where you're at and you grab one of these post-it notes on one of these tables. And whatever it is that you've been carrying with you, that you're ready to totally surrender to God this morning, you put it on one of those post-it notes, and then you leave it at Calvary's cross. And this is a reminder to you 
And this is a reminder to the enemy that you're not going to live life with the advice of the world and the smart people of the world any longer. You're going to live life right now as the time has come and the kingdom of heaven has come near. And you are going to live life as a son or daughter of the kingdom. And you're going to sit with the Lord. And you're going to wrestle with the Lord first. And then you're going to go out into this world carrying the kingdom and all of the privileges and all of the rights of the kingdom with you wherever you go. Would you stand with us this morning? Father, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that your spirit would move. Your spirit would move in this place. And that you would begin speaking to us. And that your spirit would remind us of the access that we have as children of the kingdom. I just pray and ask right now that you, oh God, would move in this place. And I pray and ask God that as we, as we move into this next part of our service, that you would remind us, draw us, let your, let your spirit draw us deeper into your kingdom and into your presence. Lord, I just pray in this place today that you would break the chains that need to be broken. I pray that you would truly set the captives free. What you proclaimed that life in the kingdom was like. But I pray in this place right now that every single one of us would sense the drawing of your spirit. Father, thank you for your presence with us now. Now move, move, and speak. And let us step out from where we are to walk fully, 100% in your kingdom. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we leave this morning, I want you to go sit at the bottom of your life's triangle and sit with the Lord. And so this is an assignment. And I, and I don't want you to just say, oh, he's telling us something. No, I, I promise you. If you will go sit with the Lord, just go sit in His presence and begin a conversation with Him, I promise it will change your life because you'll begin walking in the kingdom. And so I want to challenge you as you go from here today, give you this assignment to sit with the Lord and sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil and ask God these questions. What areas of my life are not kingdom focused? And wait for him to respond. And then ask a second question. Where am I missing your presence? And just begin to have this conversation with God. This is what it's like to live in the kingdom. To have a conversation with the king. You will never, have, you will never experience the authority that the king has given to you if you don't have a conversation with the king. So you can't live and walk in the kingdom unless you sit with the king. So sit with the king this week. Sit with God and ask these questions. As I was praying for you this morning, knowing that we were going into this service, and I was just asking that the Spirit would speak boldly and powerfully to us this morning. The Lord said to me specifically to say these words to you. You, my children, carry my kingdom with you wherever you go. Do you hear? 
Do you hear the access that the King has given to you in these words that he's spoken to us? You carry the kingdom with you wherever you go. So this morning, as you go, go in the kingdom. Would you stand and let me pray for you? Father, this morning we do not take lightly your spirit's drawing on our hearts this morning. We leave from here today in celebration of watching your sons and daughters be welcomed into the kingdom through the waters of baptism. Those that have surrendered more of their life to you here today, we celebrate that. And we stand with the power of the blood of Jesus that you gave to us and have granted us in your kingdom. And we bind the work of the enemy against them in Jesus' name. As we go from here today, Lord, remind us constantly that we are sons and daughters of the kingdom. And we carry your kingdom with us wherever we go. So Lord, as we go from here today, speak to us. As we go from here today, let your spirit keep stirring in us that yearning to sit in your presence, to continue the conversation that you have for us. Now, Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for your spirit speaking. We leave from this place today reminded of the kingdom power that we have access to. And we ask all of this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless you as you go in his kingdom today.